Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Ed White with us this morning. Ed is an evening supervisor, and Ed, I'm telling you, we're glad to have you with us this morning. It's good to be here. We were just talking about how long you've been at the mission. Now, tell us uh, in terms of when you came, what year that was, and then when you started uh, your employment. Well, I came to the residential discipleship program in August of 2005. And I became an intern in February of 2006. And then in December of 2006, I started as a full-time employee on third shift. Okay. So you obviously, Ed, went through a program. Uh, I believe it or not, I remember uh, working with you when I was in the men's division uh, when you went through the program. And uh, God has done an enormous work in your life in, in a lot of ways. So let's take... Uh, our guest up to where things are at. So you started in 2006, started as an evening supervisor. How did that, what was that like for you? Um, it wasn't a whole lot different than serving my internship, except third shift, of course. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I started out on third shift because uh, at that time, it gave me a lot more time to do some Bible study at night when it was slower. And it gave me a little bit more experience in dealing with uh, the clients or the guests on a regular basis and handling the different problems. And plus, I worked, got to work with some really great guys that, that really kind of mentored me and, and got me down, feet on the ground and off and running, um, working in the day room on third shift. And uh, I really enjoyed it. The responsibilities between third shift and second shift are a lot different. But uh, third shift was good to me. Uh, the sleep schedule was a little difficult, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the work. And uh, working third shift, it gave me time to spend some time with my family. And I just had a, a good time on third shift. We were just talking here, Ed. You were, we were kind of reminiscing about you sharing your testimony at the banquets. You told us it was 2006. The reason we keep asking for some of these dates is just like, how long have you been with the Haven Rest again? It goes, I mean, like you said, it seems like forever. And, and yeah, it seems like it was yesterday. But you've given your testimony before. So you you went with what, Reverend Thomas to uh, my dad to uh, to share your testimony in churches around the time you finished the program? Yeah, I was very, very fortunate to uh, get to travel around a little bit with Reverend Thomas and, mm -hmm. and your mom, Eileen, of course. And uh, that was a great experience. And just some of the stories that he told about some of the places he'd been, some of the things he'd seen, some of the clients that he dealt with here at the Haven of Rust. And uh, that was a true, true blessing to get to know Reverend Thomas. <laughs> well, you know, Ed, uh, you're obviously a product of the Lord doing a mighty work in your life. Uh, you came to the Haven of Rust. Uh, you were struggling with some things. Uh, you went through the intern program, uh, went through the whole discipleship program got hired in as we mentioned in 2006 what are some of your responsibilities i know you said third shift uh you know sh third shift ran from what 11 to 7 30 correct in the morning second shift runs from 3 30 to about 11 11 30 is that correct yes sir that so what are correct. some of the responsibilities that you do uh with the guests that stay here well initially when we come in in the afternoon at, at i usually come in around three o'clock and Initially, when I come in, I get caught up on what happened during the day. 
what happened the night before that I wasn't here. Uh, and then basically we start helping the clients with whatever needs they have, whether they need to make phone calls, if they need emergency clothing, we help them out with that. Uh, occasionally, uh, a guest will come in that needs to take a shower that hasn't showered in a while, and then we'll set him up in the, the emergency shower there in the day room, and uh, we'll get him some fresh clothes. And we also handle the mail. Uh, the mail comes over to the day room. We sort it put it in its respective mailboxes, and then as the clients come up and ask for mail, we check their mail. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have to return mail for clients that haven't been here for quite a while, mm -hmm. uh, and we just basically get them ready to transition into dinner check-in and, of course, evening chapel service. Uh, so basically, and we try to get ministry in there too. Uh, a lot of time, guys will have questions concerning the Bible, and we try to answer them as best we can, even if it takes sitting down with them and opening a Bible and showing them in the Scripture what it says. Uh, it's it's an enjoyable job. I love it. And uh, the clients seem to respond well to us most of the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we try to do the best we can to meet their needs on a daily basis. It's amazing, isn't it, how how much uh, energy and, 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 I guess, teamwork it takes just to get men from one building to the next building and just to get them into chapel and, and fed. I mean, it's, it's something that they're used to, but it takes a whole team working together. How, how many typically work, uh, you know, your, your teammates, your staff, co co-workers, how many are typically are there there are usually three to five of us in the day room uh depending on the day of the week of course with off time vacation times that'll vary sometimes but there's usually at least three of us over there and uh it takes all three of us to get transitioned from everybody being in the day room to closing the day room down and then getting all the men over here and checked in for the evening meal and chapel service. Uh, it's not a, a job that really you could do individually. Mm -hmm. It takes a team to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have a great team on on second shift. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's sometimes everybody feels like they're irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. That's how important they are to what we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the guys I work with, Louie, Bill, Lee, Bruce. Um, and we all bring different strengths mm -hmm. to the team. Uh, and it, we just mesh well together. We work well together. Uh, sometimes it's almost like we know what each other's thinking before we have to say it. Uh, but I love the guys uh, that I work with. We have a great team. And uh, we couldn't do it. Like I said, you can't do it individually. It takes a great team to do it. Well... And I know you know this very well because you've been working uh, second shift for some time. Kurt, I know you know this as, as well, as well as I do, that usually the doors, uh, our guests will come back from work. Uh, sometimes they can get off work at four, maybe five. And doors open, come reopen over here uh, at the mission building for them to check in for chapel service. So you have a lot of guys that are coming in off of work. Is that correct? Correct. And uh, there's a lot of... Uh, things that are going on at that time. 
I remember many times guys would be coming in and there was a lot of struggles that would, would be going on uh, with the guys. And the reason why, sometimes guys at the time would get paid from the temporary agencies on a daily basis. I know things have changed. But the struggle with money and getting back to the mission was always a battle for some of the, the guys coming in. But they would come in. There would be chapel service. They'd have their dinner. But a lot of ministry opportunities. Do you have anything that might stick out to you in regards to uh, the ministry opportunities that maybe uh, impacted you as you've seen God working in somebody's life? Well, off the top of my head, there's one individual that does come to mind. His name is Steve. Uh, and he's a gentleman that had been coming to the mission for quite a while, and like as in several years. And he had an alcohol problem. And it seemed like whenever he got so-called busted for drinking, it seemed like it was me that did it. Mm-hmm. And busted as in means called out for yeah, using I called it, yeah. I called him out for using and and there was a couple nights that he didn't get the steak because he was too intoxicated. Mm-hmm. But uh, then he came into the day room one day and he says, Ed, can we talk? So we went in an office and we sat down and we talked. And uh, the first thing I did was pray with him. I said, let's pray. That way this conversation can go calmly and smoothly in both directions. And then I'll listen to what you have to say. And then we'll just have a conversation. And, you know, he asked me about why is it it seemed like you're always picking on me. And I said, I told him, Steve, I'm not picking on you. I said, we're here to change your life. And you're not going to change your life with no accountability. And as we talked, he seemed to, to calm down. And he got in a state where he understood. And then I shared my testimony with him about how I was an alcoholic for 18, 20 years and what it did in my life. And then I shared with him what my life is like now. And I told him, I said, you've got it in you. You can do this yourself. All you have to do is turn everything over to Jesus Christ. Let him take it away. And he was receptive to that. And then we prayed and uh, he thanked me, gave me a hug, and then he went back to the dorms and went to bed. And he stayed with us for a little while longer. And then about a month ago, two months ago, I got a phone call from him. And he said, hey, this is Steve. I says, what's up, Steve? And I hadn't seen him for like a year, year and a half. And he says, I just wanted to call and thank you. He said, that conversation we sat down, we had changed my life. And he went on to tell me that he had a good job now. And he had just just signed the papers on a house. Wow. So he went from homeless with an alcohol problem to becoming a responsible, productive member of society again. And... We talked for quite a while on the phone, and he just couldn't thank me enough. In fact, at one point, he broke down in tears that he was so happy that his life had changed. He told me, I don't ever have to be homeless again. Thank you. Mm. And that was probably one of the most emotional moments in my life since I've been an employee of the Haven Arrest. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, there's, there's stories like that that happen all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't hear the end story. But when you have men coming in that you see every single day for a year or two, three years, four years, whatever it is, and then you don't see them come in for a while, you know, you pray that everything is going good in their life. And then Steve was an example where he, he actually lifted me up today. That day I needed that phone call. Mm-hmm. And uh, it re-energized me and gave me a new fire for the ministry. Amen. Well, you kind of hinted at your testimony since you shared it with Steve. Um, can you share at least a condensed version of uh, how the Lord got a hold of you, what, what brought you to the haven back in the day, and kind of what transpired when you were here? I want to take you back to, like, your, your banquet days when those three questions we asked you. Remember? <laughs> yeah, what was or, life like before you came here? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> life was rough before I came to the discipleship program in 2005. Uh, it, uh, like I said, I was an alcoholic for between 18 and 20 years, and it just got out of control. And, uh, you know, I lost, I lost my family pretty much. My kids didn't want nothing to do with me. My brother and sister didn't really want to have anything to do with me. I stopped getting invited to family events. Um... And when I came here, it was shortly after my father passed away. That was probably what kick-started my road to recovery when he died. Because I promised him I was going to get sober and that I'd see him in heaven. I remember that. Yeah, I do too. And uh, I came on the program. In fact, when I came here, my intention was to just do my 9 to 12 months and get an apartment, get a job, get an apartment, and go on with life. But while I was here, the Lord really grabbed my heart. And 12 years ago, if you'd asked me if I'd still be here 12 years later, I told you you had rocks in your head. (laughs) But the Lord had different plans. And uh, what the Lord's done in my life is amazing. I've rebuilt the relationships with my brother and my sister. Uh, In fact, my brother and I are probably closer than we've ever been. And I've rebuilt a relationship with my daughter and my son. I have two beautiful grandkids now. And uh, I was able to help them out by buying a house in Talmadge. That's another blessing the Lord gave me. He gave me a a really nice house. Mm -hmm. And uh, renewed my relationship with my kids. At the time, they had to move out of where they were staying, so they moved. We all moved in together. So now we split the rent three ways, or the mortgage three ways, the utility bills three ways. And it's just the situation I'm happy with for the time being. Um, when the Lord tells us it's time for a change, it'll be time for a change. But for now, it's, it's benefiting all of us. And not to mention the fact that I get to do some ministry with them. Uh, life, there's no comparison to the life now compared to uh, before I came here. Now I have a peace, I have a, a contentment, and the Lord meets my every need. Sometimes I look at the income, and I look at the outgo, and it's like, these don't match, but 
the bills always get paid, and I always have a few extra dollars in my pocket. The Lord definitely meets my needs, and I learned back in 2005, 2006, that if I give everything to Him, then He'll take care of me. And that's the big thing that I try to impart to the men that we work with here at the Haven Arrest. Trust the Lord. Quit trusting on yourself. Because we let ourselves down every day. And no matter what we do, the Lord always loves us and is always there to lift us up. Well, you know, Ed, powerful testimony. I mean, Kurt and myself and many others have had the privilege of seeing from 2005 to where you're at today and how much the Lord has restored. So as we close, because we're out of time here, I can't believe it, and I told you that it would go quick. Yeah, it went quick. Uh, how can we pray for, how can our listening audience <laughs> pray for you? Um, right now, just pray for my continued growth in the Lord. Uh, pray that my ministry gets stronger. And, uh, Mostly, I'd, I'd say I'd like for you to pray for the Haven Arrest. Pray for the staff here. Pray for all of us that are on the front lines dealing with the homeless people and, and the people that are suffering through drug addictions, especially this terrible heroin addiction that's mm -hmm. going on right now. Uh, pray us up that we can do battle with that. Amen. Thank you, Ed, for being here. My pleasure. It's good to hear from you.